0: taught on Wednesday night of March 25th, 2020. This week's text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Due to the length of this message and the necessity to fit it into five days of broadcast, we go immediately in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Spirit Baptism and Seeking Gifts. There was also a time in Acts chapter 19 when they encountered uh, some disciples of John the Baptist, and they hadn't heard yet about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Well, they hadn't heard yet the full gospel of Jesus Christ. So they heard the gospel, they believed, and God sent the same phenomena there. Now, since then, since those four times, this act of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is repeated Every single time anyone, anywhere, repents and turns to Jesus Christ in faith, crying out for salvation. Now, the miraculous phenomena of speaking in tongues at the moment of the coming of the Holy Spirit to a new group of people, that was limited to exactly those four occurrences. Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10 and 11, and Acts 19. It's very important to observe that this spirit baptism does not, as a matter of course, it does not occur at some time subsequent to salvation. And it's also not the same as the filling of the Holy Spirit. There are only those three times when people believed in Christ and then sometime after that, they received the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Only those three. Now, in the last, of those, the last few of those cases, there's a very clear reason for the delay. When it first happened in Acts chapter 2, it was, it was spectacular. But then, when it was to the Samaritans... The coming of the Holy Spirit was delayed until a group of apostles could be present to see what happened and to verify that the very same thing had happened to the Samaritans that it happened to the Jewish believers in Acts chapter 2. Why is that significant? Well, remember the outline of the book of Acts? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and To the uttermost parts of the earth. So, Jews, Samaritans, and even Gentiles. See, if it hadn't occurred that way, it would have been very easy for there immediately to be the Jewish church and the Samaritan church, and then the Jewish church and the Samaritan church and the Gentile church. But that's not how it works. No matter who you are, Jew, Gentile, Samaritan, man, woman, slave, free, no matter who you are, you put your faith in Christ, you receive the very same gift of the very same Holy Spirit, and you're baptized into the very same body, and we are all one in Christ. Now, as I said, Acts 19 is a little bit different. That was people that hadn't yet come to faith, so that's kind of an outlier. But when they heard the gospel, they believed, and they immediately received the Holy Spirit. Now, something else I want to... uh, mentioned to you, is that filling and baptism are different things, filling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. By the way, two good things about the coronavirus, speaking of fillings, this just popped into my head, Um, I have had to have canceled a dentist appointment and a colonoscopy. (laughs) This thing isn't all bad, okay? Um, There are earthly blessings associated with it. Okay, a little more serious than that. The filling of the Holy Spirit is a matter of the Holy Spirit having control over the life of a Christian. When you choose to do what the Spirit says to do through the Word of God, that's when you are filled. That's when you are yielded completely to the Spirit and to the Word of God. You will find Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Those are both commands and they mean the same thing. Uh, you can tell because they're in the same context in both books and the results of both are exactly the same. But Ephesians five eighteen and Colossians three sixteen they're commands. They're written to Christians and they say, here's something you have to choose to do. You have to choose to yield to the Holy Spirit. You have to choose to put your uh, life under the control of the word of God. But over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says every Christian has been baptized by the Spirit into the body. That's not a command. You're never told to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. That's a statement of fact. Being filled with the Spirit requires you choosing to submit to the Spirit. Now, the only case in which the filling of the Holy Spirit took place, we know for sure, in direct connection with Spirit baptism was on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Throughout the rest of the book of Acts and throughout the epistles, the filling of the Holy Spirit is described totally apart from the initial baptism of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes to you, indwells you. Remember, He was with you and He will be in you, Jesus said, Put your faith in Christ now, you receive the Holy Spirit, He is in you. By the way, speaking of um, theology based on prepositions, if you're a really good detective in your Bible, you will be able to find out your prepositional relationship with the entire Trinity. You are in God, God is in you. You are in Christ, Christ is in you. You are in the Spirit, the Spirit is is in you. Go ahead, I dare you. Find the, find the verses. They're, they're all there, and I'm not giving them away tonight. All right. Another thing that comes up that needs to be explained from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has to do with spirit baptism and speaking in tongues. Uh, speaking in tongues was never an essential part of spirit baptism, nor Did it always happen in conjunction with spirit baptism? Speaking in tongues occasionally accompanied spirit baptism in the period recorded in Acts. As a matter of fact, chapter 2, chapter 8, chapter 10, chapter 19. The tongues speaking that took place on those initial arrival times of the Holy Spirit coming to a new group of people, that speaking in tongues... Was always speaking in known languages, languages that were spoken in the world but unknown to the one speaking it. That's the miracle of speaking in tongues. It's described that way, and you're even given the variety of dialects that were being spoken in Acts chapter 2. It was never that idea of an unknown tongue. That phenomenon that was associated with paganism and that is most that is the only kind of so called speaking in tongues that takes place today it 's called ecstatic utterance or ecstatic, ecstatic speech. Do you hear the word ecstasy in there? That spiritual state that probably was going on that was described in first corinthians twelve one through three Now, the reason I say that is there are people who claim. That speaking in tongues is a necessary sign of receiving the Holy Spirit. So if you haven't spoken in tongues, you have not received the Holy Spirit. There are people who teach that. And I have to say, with all the love in the world, they are absolutely wrong on that point. They are misrepresenting Scripture when they say that. What does the verse say? For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. This is where I could give you that snarky comment about how I've been studying and teaching New Testament Greek for over 40 years, and I know that the word all means all. Now, to my cousins in Kentucky, that was the slimy stuff that you put in the lawnmower, they told me to put some all in the lawnmower. I had no idea what they were talking about. Okay, this is it means everybody. There are only three instances, they're all recorded in the book of Acts, in which tongues is directly connected with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is a very serious flaw of interpretation to say that those three historical events define the doctrinal truth about tongues And spirit baptism, when the teaching of 1 Corinthians 12 is so clear. And I have seen that teaching do real damage, at least emotional damage, to people who they've heard the gospel, they've repented, and they've they've put their faith in Jesus Christ, and they've found the joy of God. And then somebody comes along and says, Now, if you really want the full meal deal, you need to have the Holy Spirit. Well, this desire that I have for the Word of God, now the Word of God comes alive to me. That's not the ministry of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. You need to receive the Holy Spirit. You need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I do that? Well, you speak in tongues. What do you mean? Well, we can teach you. We have a class for that. And they'll teach people how to speak in what is linguistically gibberish. I know a lot of people who have been subjected to that During their life. But baptism by the Spirit into the body of Christ, it doesn't come with signs, except for those four instances. It needs no outward verification. And it was then, and it is now, an invisible action whereby the Spirit of God quietly does his work to place a new believer into the body of Christ, baptizing them into the body.